This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Turn with me to the book of John, the Gospel according to John, chapter 3. We, have, we are in the midst of a series called Biblical Examples of Redemption. And more specifically, God is a redeeming God. So that's where we have been, where we have been coming from. And I'm going to remind you, a lot of times I'm going to sound like a broken record, but that's on purpose. But God is a redeeming God, and the whole goal of this is so that you might know God as a redeeming God, because that is who He is. And He's always been that way. But I'll say it, and, and we'll see it as we go along. But, but redemption is personal. It's a personal thing. You know, we're not going to get into things like this, but God redeems man. doesn't redeem any other creature. Something special for us. Redemption belongs to us because we have a special place with God. And I told you the motivation of this teaching is the love of God. Wow. Uh, just to consider, again, when you think of the awesomeness of who God is, He's God. The minds can't comprehend. Words fall short. There's no measuring stick. There's no ruler. ruler. There's nothing that can come close to grabbing the magnitude of his greatness, of his power, of his majesty. And to think that he made up his mind to love us. And so the source of this, the motivation of this is the love of God. Especially as it pertains to them that are lost. As we said before, and we'll say again, everyone has been lost at one time or another. So don't feel bad about it. Lost just means out of position. You're not where you're supposed to be. Uh, You're somewhere where you were not intending to be. Somewhere you didn't head to, but you ended up there. Uh, That's the condition of being lost. And so God's love is toward them that are lost. And the lost need to know that God is a redeeming God. And so we started this in the Gospel according to John, chapter 3. Starting at verse number 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see, he cannot experience the kingdom of God. And I want to, again, emphasize this to you about who Nicodemus was. Nicodemus was familiar, if you will, if we can put it into today's vernacular, he was familiar with the church. He was busy in the church. He was somebody in the church. And he comes to Jesus by night and lets him know. This is an amazing thing, especially if you know the scriptures and know about the Pharisees. He he makes an amazing admission. He says, Jesus, we've come to this conclusion. The Pharisees have talked about you. And we've come to this conclusion. uh, You're for real. Uh, You're you're no, uh, no tricks, no sleight of hand. 
you know, no misdirection. You're the real deal. And so he, acknowledging this, Jesus, before he can really get to, I suppose, what he wants to get to, he says, let me tell you this, Nicodemus. I don't care how long you've been in the church. I don't care how long you've been in the way. I don't care how long you've been teaching Sunday school. I don't know how many classes you have taught. I don't care how busy you are in the choir. I don't care uh, uh, what activities you've been involved with or what you've led up, what auxiliaries have had your name on it. Unless you be born again, you'll never have an experience. See, here's what Jesus was saying. Uh, this is still review, but he was telling Nicodemus, yeah, you've seen the miracles. You've witnessed them with your own eyes. And you've examined them, but you don't know them for yourself. You've seen the kingdom of God at work in other people's lives, but you have not seen it work in your life. And unless you are born again, you will not experience the kingdom of God for yourself. And I want to admonish all of us to make sure that we are born again. I do believe this. I believe many people have stepped into things that they do not understand, especially in the church. And I think that the church has suffered them. And I think it's time out. I think it's time for the church to arise. The days are getting too dark for the church not to be for real. It's getting too critical. When I say our children's lives are at stake, I'm not talking about physical lives. I'm talking about, have you seen this nation? Have you paid attention? I want to share this with you, and I don't mean to go here, but I'll go here anyway. In my talk with believers, I'm not just talking, Chris, I'm talking with believers. In my talk with believers, uh, I find that there's a lot said about man and government and how man runs government and who's running government. But I tell them this, uh, a president doesn't change the hearts of people. A mayor doesn't, a governor doesn't. Those hearts are the hearts of the people. And what the people want, they will get. So don't blame it on a government. Don't blame it on an individual. Don't blame it on a politician. This is what men want. And while they want it, they have the guise of Christians. But what they're doing is they're talking about the kingdom of God, but they have not experienced the kingdom of God for themselves. And I'm telling you, you can be in church a lifetime and not experience it. But Jesus himself says, I believe it's Matthew chapter 7, many shall come to me in that day. Uh, we're going to talk about days. We've got to talk about days because born again, that's the day. Born again is not for all periods of time, they in the Old Testament looked unto this day, desiring to have this day, and you live in this day. It is a very special day. It is a dispensation. It is a stretch of time God has extended to us for in this day that we might be born again. Again, the Bible speaks of days, and days don't mean a 24-hour period of time. It means a stretch of time where God is dealing with man in a special way. In fact, the Old Testament prophesies of this born again experience time frame and says this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This day. This day God has made special arrangements that you who want to experience the kingdom 
Remember what we said about the kingdom, about the born-again experience? It's where heaven touches earth. It's where you give God entry into your life that He may guide you. He might lead you through this life. Wow. I'm sorry. You know, this, this just takes me places. I, I'm trying to go where I want to go, but God is just too good to go too fast over His goodness. So He has opened up this time frame this day, and He has done it. And some people might say, why so long, God? God is waiting for you. God is like, I'm not in a hurry when it comes to you. See, the motivation of this is His love. You need to know He is a redeeming God. And I want you to understand, when we talk about being born again, after a man is born again, God's not necessarily changing the world. He's changing you. And so you have to understand this. Some of you might be new to the body of Christ. Don't you know God is adding to the body of Christ on a regular basis? Some of us have been in church so long, saw the same faces for so long, we forgot that he's still working. And so there might be somebody who's hearing this and, and they may not have been the way that long a time and the devil will play with your mind. And, and, and for some reason, sometimes people just don't tell you the way they need to tell you. Uh, you know, once you're born again, bad things still happen to good people. Uh, once you're born again, this world doesn't stop being the world. Once you're born again, you need to understand this. This world has been tainted with sin. And so, because the world has been tainted with sin, everybody gets rained on. No, you didn't hear me. You didn't understand me on that one, did you? I said everybody gets rained on. I'm, I'm, I'm try, I, I can't go anywhere. I'm sorry. Uh, but i got to stay right here. Everybody gets rained on. In this pandemic, the righteous and the unrighteous can catch it. And I know in some places, people will teach you or say to you, no, it won't come near you. They don't know God. See, this is personal. You know, when this pandemic going on, it's, you know, and I, I've, I've heard people say, you know, it's because this country, you know, it's going on all over this world. What are these? These are the pains of the earth that have been tainted with sin. Wow. Again, I'm trying to go somewhere here, but I can't. Now, I believe men should be good stewards of this earth. I believe that we shouldn't break down the ozone. <laughs> you know, I, I don't believe that we should put pollution in the air. And because that does wreak havoc to the earth. But let me tell you, uh, where do the earthquakes come from? Where do the pestilences come from? It comes because the world has been tainted by sin because men wouldn't stay with God. And let me tell you, it is going to rain on you. There will be bad days. There's no way to avoid it. But I'd rather spend my bad days with God guiding me than on my own, trying to feel my way through, not knowing if I'm going to make it. But when God is on my side, that makes all the difference in the world. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. Because heaven has touched earth. Because he opened up a day in which I could be born again.
while others shake, I hear a still small voice whisper to me, Thou shalt live and not die. Glory to God. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will. I am being glad. And I am rejoicing in it. You don't get this from being a Christian. You don't get this by doing activities in the church. You don't get this because of how you give to the church. You get this because you received what he made available in this day. The Bible says, I believe Paul says it in the book of Colossians, that our life is hid with Christ in God. Do you hear that? We're hid in God. We're covered by God. Glory to God. Now, now, you must understand this, okay? I want to speak about this pandemic again. If you are familiar with the scriptures, when Jesus was a child, remember Herod didn't know who he was to take out. So he decided to take out everybody. And don't you know, Jesus didn't make a name it, claim it proclamation. He didn't say, it shall not come near me. But God told Joseph, get your family out and get down to Egypt. See, that's God guiding you. That's God leading you. That's God directing you. See, you get the lowdown before it comes down. Not that you're not susceptible to it, but you got a friend. You got a guy. And God just wants to be that for you. See, this is what he's telling Nicodemus. Yeah, you've seen this, but you haven't experienced it. You can experience it too. Be born again. See, what a day we live in. And you don't even, I believe people just don't even understand. There are things that could have happened to you that didn't happen to you, and you're not born again. And you don't even realize you just touched, or you just tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Because He is good to those that are not even thankful. He's good to those that aren't even right. See, our God is a redeeming God. And so he was good to you to extend time that he might be good to you. Ever said, man, that could have been, that was God. Wow, that was a close call. That was God. Patiently waiting. But understand, you don't have all time. You better take advantage of the time. So, while you are not born again, you're shut out from the hand of God guiding you and directing God being with you. I can't say this enough. I really can't. I know I, I told you I'm going to sound like a broken record, and I know I often do, and that's fine. I'm okay with it. You be okay with it. 
but there are just too many people affiliated with the church who are not born again. Just way too many. Listen to me. People make jokes like, man, if I, if I weren't a Christian, I would. You know, they make jokes like that. And there's a lot of truth in that. The only thing that's restraining them is because they're affiliated with the church. <laughs> Which means, after they cursed, they'll say, well, if I wasn't a Christian, I would have. Yeah, the only thing is that your restraint is not real. But those who are born again, let me tell you, this is God guiding us. This is God hand keeping us and leading us through the world. He restrains us. He keeps us from those things that are against His will. And when we get ahead of Him and do in spite of what He wants us to do, you know this is the heart of the believer. It hurts us. And I don't mean we feel bad. We feel terrible that we did that which was contrary to God. Because what we did is, the Bible explains to us, it's the love of Christ. It's the love of God that restrains us from doing those things that are contrary to the will of God. And when we do those things that are contrary to the will of God, we say we just blew past the love of Christ. How dare we? It hurts our heart. But then we remember. See, there's a still small voice. And says, I'm a redeeming God. I want my children back home. I'm ready to repair you. If we were to sin. If we then confess our sins, he, the redeeming God, is faithful and just to forgive us and then cleanse us. I'm telling you, you're going to suffer trouble. I'd rather be with God in the trouble any day. This is the kingdom of God. Not meat and drink, but righteousness, enduring peace. Enjoy that remains. So we went and explained to you, as we could, what does it mean to be born again? We said, first of all, it means God is good. <laughs> that means my sin isn't so severe that he can't reach me with his love. That means God is good. We said it literally means to be born from above. That makes him my father. That makes me his child. That makes us family. We said it means to be regenerated. You, you'll hear these terms throughout the Bible. And again, I'm, uh, my attempt in this is to take it back to the basics. Keep it basic. Make sure that those who aren't familiar with the ways of the church and the, and the vocabulary of the church can follow. So, born again, born again, I can be born again? That means God is good. And I know how we think of ourselves sometimes. We think of ourselves as the greatest jewel, the greatest gift to the earth. Uh, but no. You know you. You know your thoughts. You know your heart. You know your acts. And for him, in spite of that, to welcome you into his family... He's good. It literally means born from above. It means regenerated. It's also referred to as the new birth. It means to be washed. Mm. Hallelujah. It means to be washed. That word gets me every time. I'm clean. 
I've been clean. Wow. Going from dirty to clean is better clean than it is dirty. To be born again means justified. It's a legal word that most of us, if not all of us, are familiar with. That means you have been cleared of everything that you've been charged with. Now, here's the thing about it, people. We, we said it before in, in uh, previous Wednesdays, but you're guilty. <laughs> you are not innocent. But this is the goodness of God. The guilty go free. And not only do they go free, they're clear of charges. I believe every believer goes through this at one time or another. After you have been born again, then the enemy, you know we have an adversary, then the enemy wants to remind you of things that you did before you were born again and puts you in condemnation because of it. But then God reminds you, you've been clear. I don't hold it against you. Hallelujah. And if God didn't hold it against you, who cares who brings it up? They don't hold my judgment. They don't hold the doors to the kingdom. They don't hold the keys. So him whom the Son makes free is free indeed. Justify. It comes with being born again. It means to be saved. A lot of people are familiar with that term. Saved. But this is the term I want to introduce to you. It means to be redeemed. So with the born again experience comes the washing, comes the regeneration. Once you are born again, you are redeemed. What do we mean by redeemed? It means that you have been brought into restoration. You have been restored. Why does man need to be restored? Because man is lost. God lost man? No. God didn't lose man. Man left God. And man became lost to God. How did we leave God? We left him through sin. You hear me? We left God through sin. How do we say this? When we had the choice, we didn't choose God. And that, people, is out of position. Because if nothing else, you understand this. God is your maker. God is the creator. And I don't care how much uh, science fiction you listen to. You know why that science fiction is out there? Because their mind can't go further than God. They just can't comprehend because he's God. But there's just playing too much order in the earth. There's just too much order in the world. As they go out to other planets looking to see if they see water. <laughs> or remnants thereof. We live here on the earth. Just at the right distance from the sun. Compared to all the other planets in the galaxy. To be able to maintain life. And we're out there trying to find some other. What good is it going to do if we find some other life out there? Then we're going to ask, where'd you come from? <laughs> and I'm sorry, but I didn't come from no monkey. I did not. I didn't come from a tadpole. No. I, and again, people do this. It's just so amazing to me. 
the thing is, in all of man's search, there's just another question. Then they get that answer, there's another question behind that. You know, at the end of all their questions, there's God. <laughs> it was me. You're trying to put together a story, but I'm your maker. I'm your creator. And so when we're doing that, which is contrary to the will of God, we're out of position. And so man, therefore, needs to be redeemed. Because remember, God created man, had a special relationship with Adam. That was lost when Adam chose. And, 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 and don't blame Adam, because you are Adam's child. You would have chose the same thing, if not worse. So you're in the right time frame. But God wants that relationship back. And so that's why he's a redeeming God. So by redeeming man, God is restoring man to the place God originally intended for man. Now turn to Psalms 106. I'm going to revisit this scripture very quickly. Psalm 106. So by redeeming man, God is restoring man to the place God originally intended for man. Psalms 106, verse... Let's start at verse 6. I think we started at verse 7 last time. It says, We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. We talked about this, how God, with a mighty hand, brought them out of Egypt. Miracle after miracle after miracle. Plague after plague after plague. They get to the Red Sea, and they start giving up on God. And God, being the redeeming God he is, verse 8, nevertheless he saved them. For his name's sake. Not because there's something. Because he's the redeeming God. That he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them. And redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Now I told you this was a mighty example in the Old Testament of God redeeming Israel. And the point I wanted you to get this from this is that he redeemed them because they were in bondage. He redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. They were in bondage. Redemption became necessary for Israel because they were in bondage. Which is a picture to us. It is a story in itself to us. Man. Mankind. I've got to be sure to say that, especially in these days. Mankind. Man and woman, male and female, was lost to God. And redemption became necessary because we were in bondage to sin. Sin is anything that is against the will of God. And as much as we like to think of ourselves as having strength and power, you're not that good. You're not that strong. As much as you might have a good run of a few hours, you run back to the thing you said you wouldn't do. You might have a good day or two, but you end up doing that which you said you would never do again. See, you're in bondage. You're held captive. 
God didn't want Israel held captive. He doesn't want you held captive. He wants you free. But to receive that freedom, you must allow Him to redeem you. Amen. You know, I, I do believe this. If they really wanted to, they could have gone back to Egypt. They could have turned back. I don't think God would have stopped them and said, you can't go back. He, I, be, I believe He would have just let them go. <laughs> so, that's God. God's not holding us under or against our will. He wants it to be genuine. So he shows us his mighty hand, his mighty redeeming hand, and says, choose me. And then the choice is up to us. And, and let me tell you, Israel, as much as they talked and acted crazy, uh, they knew who buttered their bread. <laughs> you know, you talk all you want to, but you don't want to go back to where you came from, especially after you saw God's hand. Destroy one of the mightiest nations, or the mightiest nation on the face of the earth at that time. You don't want to go back there. You know it's better with God than it is away from Him. But redemption only becomes necessary because man is in bondage to sin. Now turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. I believe this is just about where we left off last time. And I made a statement and I did not get a chance to fully vet it out for you. I said, redemption is of God. I said four words. Redemption is of God. That to me, though, that's just marvelous to me. I, I, some people might hear like, oh, that's, that's no big. You know, sometimes we don't need revelation. Sometimes we don't need something fresh. Sometimes it's what we heard from the beginning we need to go back to. And it refreshes us like it's all brand new all over again. But redemption is of God. And we looked at John chapter 3 verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave His best. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Here's the key here. God loved who did he love? He loved the world. And who is the world? I want to remind you, the world, the person that makes you so upset, that's the world. No, you don't understand me. Let me talk to my African-American black brothers and sisters. Those who mistreats you, call you outside of your name, use the term that should not be used against you, and you hear it and it's directed towards you, and you find in your heart no room for mercy. That's the world. That's who God loves. Listen to me. After you told your children how to live, and they come back to you and they give you what you didn't give them. And they're involved with acts and lifestyles that you swore your children would never be involved with. And you know the person who got them involved with that? That's the world. 
<laughs> They're included in the world. Just like you. What a love. See, redemption is of God, not of man. See, God loves the world. This is why I want, I've got to reemphasize this to you. I do not comprehend how biblical scholars could get so goofy as to consider the word predestination and take it somewhere that doesn't fit the character of the redeeming God. That he has preferred some while not preferring others. And I could take you to scripture after scripture and show you how God was willing to go as far as you're willing to go. He says in Ezekiel, Do I take pleasure in that the evil die in his wickedness? But if he turn from his wicked ways and turn to righteousness, I won't judge him for his wickedness, but I will receive him in his righteousness. That's not God keeping some out while letting others in. He says, I so love the world. Let's read this in verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, that's why I want you to understand, those people that get on your nerve, people that you want to get back at, people you want justice for, that's whosoever. And he so loved, see that's predestination. Predestination is God's plan of how he's going to love the world. He had determined it before he created Adam. God had a plan already in place. And he had a day marked on his calendar. And he was getting everything in order in the Old Testament for this day to come. Even moved on them who wrote the Psalms and said, Say to them that they might know in that day that this is the day that the Lord has made. I have predestined them that they might have an open door of salvation through Jesus Christ in this day. Because I'm going to so love them that I'm going to give him my only begotten that whosoever. What does born again mean? It means God is good. Glory to God. Amen. What do I mean by redemption is of God? Hmm. I'm going to give you three things. <laughs> redemption is on God's standard and not man's. That's number one. What do I mean when I say redemption is of God? Number one, I mean redemption is on God's standard and not man's. Think on that. Redemption, restoration, it is not on anyone else's standard, but on God's standard alone. You see, man is sad. I won't say funny. Man is sad. Because what man will do, man will hold others. It's probably better said, man will condemn others based on standards man himself won't adhere to. 
Man will say you need to be this way when they're being not that way. This is where, this, this is, wow, yeah, it is, it's sad. This is where racism comes from. This is where sexism comes from. This is where all prejudices come from. It comes from man building his own standard. When man builds his own standard, he holds others out. So man's standards are based on what man feels comfortable with. Or what man prefers. See, some men like people who look like them. And so they'll set a standard. If you don't look like us, then you're not worthy. Doesn't that sound like racism? That's exactly where that comes from. It's man being man. It's Adam's children being Adam's children. Building standards. We get bent out of shape by whether we speak Southern or whether we speak Northern. Do you say use guys or do you say y'all? We'll build separation there. We have preferences for hair texture. Preferences for eye color. See, it's not funny. It's sad. You know, here we are. We are so accustomed to our prejudices that we see other countries and like, how can they be prejudiced one against another? Now, it's because man is going to build some kind of standard to keep other people out. He's going to build a standard based on what he's comfortable with. Because I'll be honest with you, you know, you look at Hitler and you're like, uh, you prefer what? <laughs> you don't even fit the mold of the people you say are the best people. But that's what man does. Again, what do I mean by redemption is of God? It's on God's standard and not man's. Oh, here we go. Yes, this is right. Hmm. We'll build standards that keep people out. We'll build standards about what education you have. See, we find any reason to be divided because we build our own standards. Oh, and it, it goes into the church. I'm telling you, we have been too tapped by this world. And now we divide ourselves on what church you go to. I'm so glad it's on God's standard. You see, because this happens too much in churches. When we start dividing within the church... You know, so we, we've got, oh my goodness, yes God, this is so true. So we get to a church where everybody looks like us. Everybody has the same education level as us. We're in the same general tax bracket and we still find a reason to be divided. And we feel justified in that. We're not justified in that at all. Got people, members of churches who won't talk to one another. Look crossways at one another. Have issues with one another. Based on what? But that's us being us. But God so loved. To the end that whosoever will. Can receive his love. What do I mean by redemption is of God? It's on God's standard and not man's.
man's standard is to the intent to exclude people. Man imposes some set of standards that makes one feel better about themselves. That's where they come from. Ah. So we impose all kinds of things on people, telling them you're supposed to be this way or be that way. If you're not this way, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep going, but we are been so impacted, so impacted. Should I even go here? I'll go here. But you turn on the TV, turn on the news, especially with the females. Why do the females have to look a certain way? You know, they don't put around the way girls. Why? Because nah, man doesn't like everybody. Man can put up with certain people. What I mean by redemption is of God, it's not on man's standard. You know, here's man's standard. You'll never be anything. See, that's man's standard. You're the worst. That's man's standard. You're hopeless. That's man's standard. You might be hopeless in somebody's eyes. They're trying to shut you out. God is trying to find a way in for you. What do I mean by redemption is of God? Redemption is based on God's standard and not man. Number two, God alone redeems. <laughs> Hallelujah. God alone redeems. This means your redemption is not in the determinate hands of man. Glory to God in the highest. Let me tell you. Let me read this again. This means your redemption is not in the determinate hands of man. They can't hold you out. They can't keep you from it. I'm telling you, I really did enjoy the next generation on, was that July the 2nd? Oh, when that sister mentioned Jonah. Oh, someone off in me, you know, even I try to keep it together. That just did it for me. See, because Jonah, being the child of Adam, said, God, you don't need to redeem those people. You see, because the Ninevites, the Assyrians, they've done my people wrong. See, that's the word for today. They've done me wrong. They've done my people wrong. They don't like me and I don't like them. And so, God, I'm not going to cooperate with you because I don't have the love you have for them. But God said, you know what, Jonah? Redemption is of me. And it's not of you. And it's not on your standard. And here's what I love about God. Nineveh is going to be preached to. And just so you know that I'm God, you're going to preach to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to your name. See, some of us don't consider we might be the one that needs to preach to the ones that we hate. 
Why, why? Not because we're something, but for his name's sake. <laughs> and after it, don't you know, Jonah wasn't happy. But he came face to face with this reality. God, you're a redeeming God. <laughs> I may not like it. I mean, I like the people you want to receive in. But here's what Jonah had to understand. The Ninevites might not have liked him. <laughs> you see, while you stand up here talking about how you don't like those people, you're hated by somebody. You're somebody's Ninevite. You're somebody's case that I don't care if you go to Hades. But redemption is of God. Which means God alone redeems. And as much as man wants to keep you from his goodness, they cannot. I'm telling you, this is why this nation is, I know we call ourselves one nation under God, but we have so many people associated with the church who are not born again, saying that only we can be born again and y'all really aren't. <laughs> That there needs to be a separation between us when God says, whosoever will, let him come. See, this is why you need to know who God is. Stop listening to people affiliated with the church and listen to those who are born of him. Who are born from above. And when you're born of him, born from above, you know what that comes with? It comes with his spirit. There, I want to make sure that this is clear. Everything that calls itself a Christian is not of Christ. That's where the church gets its bad name from. But I want to let you know, God always has a remnant. Always has a remnant. And, and he puts them in position where you can't deny somebody's for real. Isn't that what Nicodemus said? Uh, we've judged and we, you know, we've come across many shysters, many con artists, Many slick talkers, but sure, the real deal. God alone redeems. This means your redemption is not in the determinate hands of man. God alone restores man from sin to right standing with him. To me, again, that's so powerful. God alone does it. He takes you out of sin and he puts you in right standing with him. See, man can't grant you redemption. All man can do is offer you an invitation to be redeemed. But man can't redeem. Man can cooperate with God as God redeems. But it's all in God's hands. So no man gets to... To determine your fitness for redemption. No man. Jonah didn't get a chance to determine whether or not the Ninevites were fit. <laughs> Hallelujah to your name. Again, you're somebody's Ninevite. I'm talking about you. While other people had no care for you, God did. While other people did not remember you, didn't take a thought for you, God took thought of you. In God's eyes, you matter more than you know. Redemption is God's design. It's His desire. And it is His work.
It's God's design. It's His desire. And it's actually His work. We might go out there and talk about, I got somebody saved. No, you didn't. You cooperated with God that God might redeem. See, this is where some preachers get off. Way off. I preach them people happy. No, no, you're not good. <laughs> you're not good at all. It's not you. It's, if anything, it's the God you allow to work through you. It's His work. He's the redeeming God. It's on His standard, not yours. And He alone redeems. It's His design. Here's what I like about it. It's His desire. He desires to redeem. (laughs) And it's His work. Only God can turn a sinner into a saint. (laughs) Only He can do it. And I want to make sure you understand this. Keep your ribbon in John because we're going to come back here. But but look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Because that term saints throws people off. I know we in this church, we use it often. And that's on purpose because we know who we are. We know the God that we serve. But depending on where you come from and your background, you might have an issue with people claiming to be saints. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 1, Paul says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Oh, don't you like that introduction? He says, man didn't make me who I am. I'm this by the will of God. He didn't give you a say in it. See, because Paul would have been a prime example of somebody who doesn't need to be saved. But God took Paul, who the churches were afraid of, And did a wonderful work. See, man couldn't do that. God alone could. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all, that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. He says, everybody... In the family, we are saints. Saints just simply means holy ones. How are we holy ones? Because we are now born from above. (laughs) When we had no claims on being his family, when heaven had not touched earth in our life, we had no claims on holiness. But now that we've been touched by God, So Paul is a prime example. He calls himself in another scripture of whom I am chief when it comes to sinners. And he says, God saved me. That I might be an example to others that you might know. I don't care how low you are. I don't care what sins you committed. His goodness far exceeds your sin. His grace is greater. Listen, God has chosen to redeem man freely. Did you hear that? Freely. Without a cost. 
free. Turn back to John. John chapter 6. Verse 28. There's this group of people. And they want to get on God's good side. They said, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Did I tell, tell you verse 28? Okay. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Now, now, now get this together now. Here's this group of people with Jesus saying, okay, Jesus, we know you come from God. We know you got the answers. We've been trying to do this and trying to do that. What's the thing that we should do to get on God's good side? And Jesus said, believe. I can just see their face like, come on, man. Come on, man. There's got to be something we can do. No, Jesus' message is this. God doesn't need your help to redeem you. You're the one who needs to be, just like we said When you're lost, you need to be found. (laughs) You don't find yourself because you're lost. You need somebody to come to help you. Your help is what got you in the mess to begin with. It's like God saying, take your hands off the wheel. Take your foot off the pedal. Get in the back seat. Let me drive. No works. Do I need from you? I'm telling you this. this, Ooh, this is so good to me. I don't need you to do any work. What do we say? It's God's design. It's God's desire. It is God's work. He does the work. We get all the benefits. See, we are more than conquerors. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to your name. A more than conqueror sits home and gets the bounty given to them when they haven't lifted a finger. (laughs) We're wearing a crown. We didn't even go to war. And it was hard work, but we don't know it. Wow. And he does it for the people we hate. Does it for the people we can't stand. What does born again mean? It means God is good. So, in other words, He redeems without an assist from you. He does not need help to redeem those who need redeeming. Mm-mm-mm. And you know, I got to stop. I just plain have to stop. Because I really want to get on this next one. I'll tell you what number three is. Number three is the person of redemption is God himself. Redemption is not only an act of God. It's a person. Redemption is of God. It's on his standard, not man's. God alone redeems. And... He's the person. Hallelujah. Glory to you. I can't wait to get there. But we have to wait. Because God is faithful. Let me tell you. There's no day better than 
today. To be in this day. To taste of the goodness of God through the born again experience. Your life will never be the same. And it's not an external thing. It's an internal thing. That's what gets me about the washing. The washing is not on the outside. The washing is on the inside. No man can wash you on the inside. God alone can do it. And when he cleans you, he cleans you totally. And them who haven't been washed, they don't understand. They can't comprehend it. But I'm telling you, this washing is to be desired. And with this washing comes the awareness. Can I say it that way? The awareness that I'm no longer alone. That I'm no longer on my own. It's an internal washing that means when I could have had a bad day, no, I've got a comforter. I've got an encourager. Wow. And when I've done him wrong, I got someone to remind me, yeah, but I'm there. I can keep washing if you let me. That's why in all honesty, we don't want to trade our life with anybody. <laughs> we can be broken with God and love it. Much better than having all the money in this world. Sitting on top of this world. God is good. Church, I got to stop. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.